Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today, we're going to look at the flip side of a case study that we did earlier in the year, where we talked about peer management complaints. So previously, we've talked about how someone from your team went to a peer manager of yours and made a complaint about you and your management style, let's say. Today, we're going to talk about how you feel when you find out that this has happened. So we're looking at it from your point of view. You're the one that the complaint has been made about and you have now found out in, in whatever way that one of your staff, one of your team, has gone to a peer manager, so someone at the same level as you, perhaps in the same organisation, perhaps not, and made this complaint about your management style. Let's leave it management style because everything else starts to get a bit too involved. Let us hear first of all from Fiona. I'll give you my views as she talks, as I usually do. <laughs> I think any human would be reacting to this. It, it won't be a good thing to find out. It won't be good to know that one of your people went and not happy with you and went to talk to about you to someone else. So you will feel uncomfortable. You would feel unhappy with the person who said it. And you immediately got in defensive and denial in, in your head, I imagine, and anger. That's understandable. That's human. That's normal. Now, I think that's when you just got to step up and say, okay, how do I handle this? Where do I go from here? This is the important bit. Process the other feelings first. And then what I would do is say, I'm going to try two categories. One, this person is just a troublemaker and a gossip and they really not fair and I'm sick of them or whatever. So that's category one. Category two, just the normal person who is probably, I don't know why they felt the way they did and did what they did, but they seem normal and, and reasonable most of the time. For both of those scenarios, I would use the same approach. It is hard. And it, it is hard to execute, but help yourself by saying, I want to know why, and I want to understand why, and then I want to address it. So you go to the person and you say, look, I'm sorry to hear that you're not happy with my style and you approached um, someone else. And at that point, the person is going to freeze as well. They're going to say, oh, God, I didn't want you to know that. Oh, God, here's a confrontation coming. Whether they are category O or B, they would feel that way and they will be really, really nervous because you're their boss. So just say, oh, please don't. Um, there's no conflict here. I heard that. The first thing I want to do is I apologize that you felt you had to go somewhere else and not talk to me directly. And this is the way I'm approaching this. This is the way I'm trying to understand so that I don't put you in that situation where you had to go somewhere else. Now, that's very, very hard to say and do because you kind of think, why am I doing that? They're in the wrong. But with both categories, this will work because you're coming in and you're not blaming and accusing and confronting. What you're doing is saying, Whatever I did or the situation is that caused you to do that, I'm sorry. Can we talk about it? And can we do that? It'll, it'll set the scene for a sensible discussion and mood. It will 
allow you to relax that person and allow them to be as honest as they they should be. If I was sitting in the employee side, I would be going, okay, with that approach, maybe I might even think, oh, God, I don't trust him's political speak. <laughs> even if I did that, I, I would think, well, hang on a minute, now it's my turn to play my bit. And then I would just then either say, well, I'm sorry I went there, I should have come to you, or to say, well, yeah, look, I, I did go there because my experience in the past is that you get angry when I come and talk to you. Or not my experience, but I heard from others that uh, that they tried that and it didn't work, and I genuinely wanted things to work, so I went to seek help for someone I just happened to know that person and I worked with them before or whatever. So this is where you get to the bit where how much of it is real, direct experience, how much is it that you might be oblivious to the fact that you are maybe unapproachable, angry or whatever, and now you've got to see it from other people's eyes. If it's totally fabricated and made up, it's not nice, but it's a great opportunity because then you can just say, well, I really, really appreciate your honesty. And from now on, let me tell you how I like to correct that by saying, please approach me. Maybe in, in my best time is in this and when we have our meetings or use some of the tools around you to help them find that out. And then just say what I call triggers. You could say, when you have time, I need to talk to you about something just you and me. Then the person will go away and think, okay, that's all we agreed, that's a trigger. I'll say that. And then he will fit me in. So agree something at the end is when, how to approach, how to signal that I just want to talk to you about something to do with leadership or style, something like that couple of things that occur to me during that is when is there value in having someone independent in that interaction? So say you're the person who's made the complaint and, and now you've been hauled in to the person you made the complaint about uh, and the reason you didn't go there in the first place is because they're intimidating, every interaction is confronting, you always think they're too busy and now you've thought about it a bit more and you've talked to someone else about it a bit more, you understand the situation a bit better and so you're embarrassed. So is there value for both parties in having someone independent? And if there is, how do you choose? And who chooses the independent person? Yeah, good thinking. I tend to think that I wouldn't do it in the first instance, only because to me that's immediately escalating it. However, you make a good point. So let's say I'm the manager and I came in and I came in with absolutely good intentions and approached it the way I said before I'm sorry you felt you had to go somewhere else and the person is really nervous and now you try to relax them just say look if you're uncomfortable and you like someone to be with you we can arrange that but I don't don't want to do it immediately simply because it's escalating it so if you do that as a manager you most likely bring HR in because that's who you would be and the person will bring whoever they want into the meeting. Normally as an observer, the person brings an observer. So it might get to that and it might be that both parties need that if there is more history, if it's not the first time or whatever. But if you try to resolve it one-on-one, with the good intention and swallowing pride a lot, <laughs> I think it might be 
the very first step. But if it looks uncomfortable, then yes, absolutely bring someone else in. What about being the manager that heard the complaint? To be a facilitator, not to be the, the director of the meeting, but to be a facilitator between the two parties. It, it depends on, again, who they are and what role they play. Obviously, the person that the employee went to is the person that they feel comfortable with. If the manager has different feelings about that person, so that person is no longer independent for both. It's only it's like having your lawyer and not my lawyer sort of thing. <laughs> so you might be better off getting someone who is independent altogether. And most organisations have access to that, either the the HR representative without making it a HR complaint or anything. The people that will help with that who at the very, very early stages, it's the consultant that looks after your team and, and so on. Or you might both say, well, do you, who would you be comfortable with? And then you they say, we both have to and maybe have a list of two or three. The, the, the thing with that is, and then it's, it's making it messy because you're not following what the organisation has in place. My biggest insight into this arena is keeping it non-personal, so not making it about you as an individual and not making it about the other person individually, and that is very hard to do. The same as when you're, as a manager, when you're talking to someone about poor performance, it's not about them as a person, it's about what they're doing. And and in this instance, we have to try as, as best we can to keep the personal approach out of it and be what we term accurate speaking. So let's get the facts down. Let's get how you feel, how I feel, what led to this situation and talk about the facts, not about how you feel. How you feel comes into it later and how you feel might be a reaction to not knowing all of the, the facts, not having all of the information, taking hearsay rather than doing the investigation, all of those things on both sides of the of the, the table. So let's try and keep it the personal out of it and, and focus on the facts, focus on the things that are seem to be causing a block or an irritation and then agree on how to approach each of those. So if, if you've got someone who, I think we talked in the, the earlier uh, podcast about someone who doesn't like the way communication happens in the mm -hmm. team and that there's no set way of, of having information uh, shared with everyone in the team. And so some people have more power because they have more information than others. And we've talked about it in team meetings and nothing's happened, nothing's changed. And so you've gone to another team and said to their manager, how do you do it in your team because in our team it doesn't work? Not really a complaint so much about the manager but about the dynamic of the team and about the process within the team. So if you're going back to the person who leads the team where the, the problem exists, then by sitting down with the person and, and them saying communication doesn't work, then you've got something factual that you're working on. Even though it has caused a reaction with someone, you come back to how can we fix this issue that seems to be a problem that you've identified and you felt that you couldn't fix it here because of the whole team's involved. And so you had to go somewhere else to see with the, whether there was a solution. I just think that identifying, being clear, but take the personal out of it, 
take the nerve away, certainly have a reaction because if you if you stifle the reaction, then you won't have a clear head to think about what you're doing. Yeah. So have your reaction, have your 90 seconds of reaction. We, I know of a fellow who gives himself 90 seconds and he'll walk around, storm around, let the expletives fly, bail, whatever else it is, but it's out of his system. And then he can, with a clear head, sit down and look at the facts and determine what the approach is from there. But always moving forward, always thinking, and this is not the end of the road, this is not a roadblock, this is just someone has identified that there is a cue with the management style and we need to sit down, look at the facts and look at the conditions surrounding that management style and see if there are alternatives or ways to move forward that are collaborative, that bring everyone into the solution. Because as I say so often, if you're not part of the solution, you are part of the problem. And that's perfect. On that point is that example you you used about the communication. It's not working in my team, but then I go somewhere else and it's working. Again, it's how you present that information. You could just say a couple of things we could consider one way would be to do ABC, one way to do that. So as you said, come in with the suggested solutions and they can be tailored for your team by everyone. So everybody has got a buy-in. It's how you deliver it as well. It's not saying, well, ours is not working. They have, he's got much better leadership. He's got, and that, that becomes personal. And like you said, stick to the facts, stick to the solution. The issue is communication. What we've got can be done better. Here is another three ways of suggestions. Let's talk them through and see which one is best for us. Focusing on that factual situation and looking at the solutions, writing it down so that you get it clear and out of your head and it makes the communication easier. It also means that it begins to look like it's someone who's being a nuisance. And we have to be realistic. There are those organisations who just want to find problems because they think that makes them important, that the history becomes a bit more obvious. So if they can't write down what the problem is and they can't find a solution or they're coming to you constantly with these things that they see as, as problems, it gives you, as a manager, a better idea of who they are and where their focus is and perhaps it's time for them to be focused more on the job they're doing rather than the things that other people are not doing where they perceive that they're not doing as well. So so there's benefit to both sides out of the situation, but you do have to find a, a method for getting the personal out of it, as hard as that is. And when we've both been in that situation, we've both reacted personally, we've both had to find ways to try and remove the personal out of it. And I will say, from my own perspective, it's not easy. I haven't affected it. I still have a personal reaction when it happens, but I know that that's a personal reaction and I know that I shouldn't be doing it. And so it shortens the time that I have the reaction. And, and that's a good thing as well. So if you find something that, that gradually shortens the time that you're having that personal reaction, then your management skills are developing and, and you're getting better at managing that situation. But this is a hard part is because when a person is saying, you'll get angry when I come to ask you this, and the first thing you think of, 
nobody else reacts that way. It's because you constantly come into my office going blah, blah, blah. So that's when you start attacking each other, which is really get you nowhere. It only creates a bigger division between you two. So that is hard. And I still have to say it's every single person's responsibility, but I give a little bit more to the leader because the leader has to set that example and be above it and try and do it. Listen, listen, see, find the solution and keep it about the issue, not about the person, as you said. And then if there is a real issue with this person and they're just a troublemaker, then you've done everything right up to, to now and then you have to deal with that situation in a normal way, like whether it's the pro, uh, performance management or whether it is the normal reviews and that, then follow your process. But in, in this first instance, give them every chance to be solution-oriented. All right, we might leave it there. I think we've thrown all the ideas we can think of at you. If you have experienced this, as we said with the previous podcast, we would be delighted to hear from you and to share your views and your experience with our listeners. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey, Shoes for Young Girls, this is Inside Exec. 